0: This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday gang and of course welcome to the first Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast of the week. With me, your host with the least hair. Yeah, had a haircut a couple of days ago. Oh, you look so much better and younger. Well, that's just your opinion. No, really you do, you look amazing. Okay, let's not go on about it, it gets embarrassing. Now we start with, of course, the British and Irish Lions who got their test tour of South Africa underway with a wonderful 22-17 victory over the Springboks in Cape Town. Or I thought they were playing South Africa, not the Springboks. You got that wrong. You look a bit of a... No, it is South Africa. Oh, in a moment, you'll hear the opinions of the former Lions Ben Kay, James Haskell and the British and Irish Lions captain Alan Wynne-Jones. But first, this is how it all sounded on TalkSport it back to Stuart Hogg, Stuart Hogg whacks it into the stands, and that is it! The Lions will win the first test of the series against South Africa in Cape Town. Full-time at Greenpoint Stadium, Cape Town. South Africa 17, British and Irish Lions 22. You know, you want to win every game, whether it's domestic, international, Lions, we know what we've achieved today but we also know what we haven't achieved. There's still plenty to do. This is a three-test series knowing the, you know, the caliber of player and the attitude our opposition have. That's going to go through the roof next week and you know, we have to be uh, better again. First and foremost looking at ourselves but also to deal with what we know is going to come next week. The Lions rode their luck, didn't they? There were a couple of key decisions that went their way and a couple of spills when they were under real pressure. Uh, but if you, statistically, if you look at the comparison between first half and second half South Africa just stopped playing and whether that's a fatigue thing because they haven't had the right sort of preparation but the, the challenge that the Lions faced they couldn't get any momentum in the game and fair play they came out in the second half and they started playing with tempo and South Africa rocked back onto their heels they couldn't get that dominant defence and once the Lions got in front they did a fantastic job of, of staying there. We had some near misses let's not get carried away we are very lucky to be in this position, and I think finally in that second half we showed a bit of game management, a bit of a bit of nous, but we've got to sort out some key moments because in any other game on another day we could have got absolutely battered there a few times because we just got cut open in defence, we lost the ball, we lost line-outs. So lots of positives. South Africa will be better next game after this. They will have blown the cobwebs out again. Combinations will have played together that hadn't played. They'll understand the intensity. They'll look back at that game and exactly what Benke said, that you know they stopped playing. This is a great start for the Lions, but lots to learn on both sides. Now, Oli Solskjaer has put pen to paper over the weekend and signed a new contract that will keep him in charge at Old Trafford until nearly half past eight. No, that can't be right. Oh, I see. 2024. The news of Oli's contract came with quite a mixed response. Talksports Alex Crook, and former West Ham striker Carlton Cole, clashing over the news. Former Palace midfielder Darren Ambrose thinking pressure is on Solskjaer and one Man United fan claiming it's a dark day for the club. I'm not an Oli basher by any means, stretch, but I look at him and I think... Is he improving as a manager? Since he's been when when he was when he took over as interim manager, has he improved? Would you say he's improved? Yeah, but he shouldn't wait, be wait, learning wait. on the job at Manchester United. Well he is It's not work experience. Well, this, this is well, this is the Darren Ambrose. This is the position, but we won't get this. This is the, the position you find yourselves in as a Man oh, United can. fan. Is he get, is he improving? Can I am just ask you? Is this? he improving enough to win a trophy? No. The, 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 the uh, okay, so how long no. do you think how long do you think he's, it's gonna take for him to win a trophy at the rate he's going of improvement? I can't see him winning a trophy. I think he will come up short. What in the next short. three years? I think he'll come up short. He will win a trophy. He's been close. He was close last year. He will. If you give him another two years, if it's not this year, it'll, it'll be the the year after that. Trust me, he'll win a trophy. Give him another two years, says Carlton Cole. Too nice. I'm says not saying Dan that. Ambrose. I'm not saying that. But I'm just looking at the pros and cons. This is a shocking decision. Ollie's not the right man. He hasn't been from from the day he walked in. Should have just been a caretaker only. This is not good. We are now doomed for another three years of no trophies, terrible football, right? Everyone seems to have short memories, the Ollie Inns. The football we played last year was awful. Even games we won most of the time, it was lucky. It was an own goal we got in the last minute you know, which we didn't deserve or or a lucky penalty in the last minute, which we didn't deserve. But Oli gets his decisions wrong, makes the same mistakes time and time again. He doesn't learn. Now they've backed Oli. Now the pressure's on, I feel. I think last season it wasn't a lot of pressure in particular, but now there'll be pressure. If they can get the other couple of players that we, we've mentioned... Is he expected to, to at least challenge Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea who are going to be the, the main front runners in my opinion? Yes, he needs to. Sticking with Manchester United and another man who's been making the headlines over the last few days is Paul Pogba, the 2018 World Cup winner has been linked to a move to Paris Saint-Germain this summer with just one year left on his contract. Tony Cascarino gives his thoughts on the French playmaker but first it's United legend Teddy Sheringham signed for manchester united for four four years i think it was maybe Mm -hmm. five years you you honor that contract you know foreign players are quite happy to to honor their contract and leave and and have their their careers mapped out and they want to go and play in france or whatever or italy you know with english players it's a little bit harder if you sign and then you let your contract run down everyone's like oh you can't do that but you know, he's if he's honoured, honoured his contract. Manchester United won't get any money for him at the end of next season, which is why they, they talk again now that they need to cash in on him. But no, he's he's honoured his contract. He's he signed a four or five year contract and. He'll be coming to the end of it next year, so Mm. what's his decision from there? I mean, he's had some really good moments in United Church and I do think he's a terrific player. I'm just not really convinced that he's actually wanted to be at Manchester United to the levels you need to be, and I think sometimes you can suffer with performance if you don't 100% be be committed to a footballer. Even though he signed a five-year, what, six-year deal, you know, in 16, it feels like he's sort of been wanting to go for three of them years. Out of the 2020 Olympics are officially underway in Tokyo with Britain already getting their hands on some medals in the Japanese capital. Bradley Sindin gives his reaction after being awarded a silver medal for his efforts in taekwondo and women's judo star Chelsea Giles shares her delight as she was the first Britain to win a medal in Tokyo. I'm very happy to bring home the first medal for Great Britain. I'm honoured to be able to share the podium with these athletes today's medal was really special obviously everyone is going for gold but to be wearing this bronze medal around my neck is a very very proud moment the last few years have been difficult especially uh, last year but I hope I've made my family proud and I can't wait to go back and see them obviously I'm gutted losing um, right at the end but it's one of them things what happens in sport there's times where I've won the fight right in the final seconds so You've got to take the swings and roundabouts, uh, wins and losses, and put each every time you perform, put that into the next time to, when you, to improve, so on, and take that into this next cycle. There's three years until Paris, and I'm hoping to do one better and bring that gold home. After a while, we'll get over it and realise what I've actually done and what I've achieved in this last five years. So it's all, everything's a learning curve, what well, you've got to take forward, and that's what I will be doing. Now, it was a big weekend of boxing action as TalkSport brought you Fight Night Live. Unbeaten heavyweight Joseph Joyce was back in action and took his record to 13-0 after beating Carlos Takham. The fight ended in the sixth round by TKO, or technical knockout, in case you didn't know, to Takam's frustration. Not, he didn't know, it was he was just a bit frustrated that the fight was stopped. Anyway, both TalkSport pundit Spencer Oliver and Joyce's manager Frank Warren believed the referee made the right call to stop the fight when he did. 13th fight and I don't think you're going to change his style mm. at all you know he takes shots he's a tough guy he's got a very good chin he's got a great ticker and at the end of the day he just you know he, he absorbed it and absorbed it and way he come out in the 6th round I mean he absolutely blasted him and the referee was right to stop it you know I, I, I can understand why they're complaining but if your man's not throwing punches back then the referee has a duty to stop the fight and he done exactly the right thing I think that was a fair stoppage we saw the head bouncing back head bouncing back No answer, no answer, no answer. I'm the referee, I'm thinking, right, I'd rather be 10 seconds too early than 10 seconds too late. You know, the referee's got a job to do. We was in a situation there where Joyce was throwing loads of shots, Tackham was not answering, the referee's got a job to do. For me, I thought the stoppage was spot on. Back to the footballing world now and Harold Kane's future still continues to dominate conversation everywhere you go. It was claimed on Friday that Harry Kane was poised to a £160 pounds move to Man City this summer, but those claims were quickly shut down by both Man City and Spurs. No, 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 they said. With Kane's potential Tottenham exit looming, Spurs fan DJ Majestic, nothing to do with the wine company, questioned whether Kane is actually world-class even as a Spurs fan, and I put this as a disclaimer, I love Harry Kane. If he leaves us, he's always going to be a legend and he's going to break my heart, but I'll still love him. Is he world-class? Euro final. Didn't register a shot. Champions League final. Didn't turn up. Mm. Semi-final of the World Cup. The big, big moments, yeah? Mm. Didier Drogba won Chelsea, the Champions League, on his own. Yeah. Yeah? 2012. You go back to the original R9 Ronaldo, who had the best boots of all time, right? He individually won things for his country and his clubs he played at. To be world-class... Do you have to be that guy that can completely, in the biggest moment, on the biggest stage, change a game? But well, that's it. Thanks for listening on the Talks About wherever you get your podcast from, I don't really care. I'm back on drive today at 4pm alongside coffee, so join me for that one. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talks About Daily Podcasts out first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day, and above bubble. be safe, everyone. Be safe.